Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Dubload. What's up, world? Really, really requested interview. Yeah, Ringwood, New Jersey, uh, middle of nowhere. I think my dad grew up in Brooklyn. Like, I think they were like, you know, in a couple different places. But we lived in three different houses in Ringwood. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Every time it was a bit of an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the same like, you know, mile or two yeah. radius. <laughs> so what do they do? Um, yeah, my dad. Uh, He's uh, an entomologist, which means he has his major in the study of insects. Mm -hmm. So he like he's a businessman. He, he's a salesman. He works like in a in a division of his company, you know, based on that stuff. And he'll do lectures and uh, basically just sell, you know, a lot of product to like companies, like major companies that need it. Like what kind? I guess, to be honest with you, I should probably know more about this than I do. <laughs> I'd rather just say I don't know than say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. It's the company he works for is BASF. I mean, they have like, you know, a billion different divisions, but uh, yeah, that's about as far as yeah. I can go with that. Hopefully he's uh, not offended by, <laughs> by my poor answer. And your mom? Uh, she's just a stay-at-home mom. I mean, not really a stay-at-home mom anymore because her kids are all out of the freaking house. Yeah. But um, yeah, she like, she's just a homebody, I guess. She likes mm -hmm. gardening. Our house is like a freaking giant, uh, work of art of, oh, wow. of plants yeah that's cool so uh that's just her hobby mm -hmm. i don't know if she wants to go back to work or something but i don't know what they're they're up to where do you think you got your creative side from <laughs> i don't know probably my mom um my grandfather was an artist too oh wow and my cousin what uh, kind of artist uh, he, i think he just drew a lot like he didn't do it professionally he just was really good at it like you know he'd, he'd draw he could paint um, my mom is creative, but she's not really an artist. Like, she's not like an artist as in like she doesn't paint or draw or anything, but she likes to, uh, she has like an artistic mind. Like she likes to uh, take junk and stuff and collect it and like, just, like, you know, refurbish it and make it look all nice and fancy like it's not junk. So, <laughs> she, yeah, our house is like a museum. Wow. It's, it's ridiculous. And you've always been into illustration when you were young, right? Yeah, um, I've been drawing since I was like, a, like literally a baby. Whoa. My mom always just like gave me markers and stuff, um, and I went to school for illustration too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been doing, I've been drawing primarily uh, my whole life. What and then, do you draw? Just like usually just creatures and stuff, like just stuff in my head. Um, but then yeah, when I went to college, I had to learn how to draw um, all sorts of shit I didn't want to draw, like mm. bowls of fruit and. Trees. And, <laughs> so, you know. so true, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to do anatomy classes, so you have to draw naked people all the time, like actual models that are sitting in and stuff. But it's cool because I needed that stuff to um, to improve my technical skills. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the shit that I do now, the shit that I draw for dub loads, is all just like stuff I could have drawn without the college, mm -hmm. uh, the college, you know, years. So, yeah. What but. did you love so much about drawing initially? Um, <laughs> not entirely sure. I, I think I just was used to it because I was always doing it. And I always just liked like monsters and stuff. Like I loved Halloween when I was a kid. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, it was something that always just stuck with me. I feel like when I was in, like when I was younger, when I was in, you know, before high school and stuff, like no one else was an artist. So it was like the only thing I could do that was cool because I wasn't really that cool when I was younger, like at all. 
so, uh, so art was like my little niche. Like if everyone like, yeah, I might have been a loser, but people thought my art was cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I always just thought I wanted to be an artist. I didn't think I was going to end up being a musician. Yeah. When I got older, I got more into music. I started playing guitar, and then I thought I wanted to be a musician. And, and then I went back to art when I went to college and was kind of doing a little bit of both. How else would you describe yourself back then growing up? Stupid, I guess. Innocent. I think, uh, I mean, I had a pretty fun life. Like, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say I have to say, like, I had a bad childhood or anything like that. I just kind of, like, I don't think I ever really found my niche. And, like, I, you know what, I think I learned um, a lot of things about, like, you know, social skills and, like, humanity, like, way too late. Like, <laughs> like I wish I sh- taught you that shit in school. Like, when I was younger, I could never really figure out how to just be, like, a person. Like, I had, you know, I had friends. I was, you know, I had fun. But um, I really feel like my whole potential, like, was not even tapped for, like, a big chunk of my life and just, like, me as a person. Like, I had all these things I wanted to say and, like, <clears throat> you know, I, you know, I could have been, like, myself, but I just didn't really know how to just be myself. Like, I was mm-hmm. just so terrified of, like everything and just not being cool and like all stupid shit that you care about when you're younger mm-hmm. and then when you get old like you know and you don't you don't think you can be a dj um, or whatever you end up doing but were your parents aware of that yes yeah i mean it wasn't that bad like i feel like i'm making it sound worse than it was but i guess maybe i'm just really critical of like my life myself but um yeah you know it was just kind of i just never like really was as, uh, as socially connected as i wanted to be when i was younger not like necessarily cool but just like I just know and especially even in college like I know I had like a bunch of potential in college like I could have finished college if um you know if I hadn't if it was like three years later like I feel like everything just happens too fast they send you to college before you have the like for most people aren't ready to like go to college yet Mm -hmm. and um you just really don't know like you haven't put the pieces of your life together yet so you're just thrown into college and you're just doing all this work and you don't want to do it and you want to party and you know it's everything kind of just happens too late I think in Mm -hmm. life I think if everything was like pushed back two years or maybe just better education when people were younger about just the world not so much bullshit that you're never going to use then maybe the world would be like at least maybe like five percent less true I mean five percent more like centered yeah yeah but I agree yeah I don't know I kind of rambled off on that one a bit so no it's really I totally agree with what you were saying yeah did you like school though? Like, did you do well? Yeah, I always did good in school. Um, never really had too much trouble. My grades were always good. Um, I was doing really good in college until my junior year, uh, where I kind of just threw it all away like an idiot. But at the end of the day, it kind of worked out. So, because mm-hmm. here I am. Did you think of studying something uh, academic then? If your grades were really good. Well, yeah, like, like pressure from your parents. They're, they sound like academic people. My parents? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Every parent wants their kid to do good. And, you know, they're dishing out X amount of money for these ridiculously overpriced schools. No, yeah, there was never any point in my life where I didn't want to be an artist. It was just um, trying to figure out what kind of art I was going to do. I remember for, like, a really long time I wanted to work for Disney. Oh, that's cool. I still kind of work, want to work for yeah. Disney. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the DJing mm-hmm. shit doesn't work out. But uh, Was that so that's why you wanted to do illustration like that was your like career goal yeah yeah I like, was, not like, to be well, a freelance or anything well but. I just want well I kind of wanted to do fr- freelance too like because then you know the digital age hit oh yeah and um then it was street art and it was digital painting and, and you know photoshop and you know when I was in high school I learned photoshop and illustrator and then I wanted to be a graphic designer but when you're young <laughs> you don't know that being a graphic designer is like probably one of the most difficult career paths 
uh, in the existence of humanity. Like, unless you have a company that you have to work for, a, you have to be the top pick of your company. Like, they're like, okay, you're mm. you're their in-house artist, and um, you know they need to only use you, and they need they need to have consistent work where they need you like all the time. Like, they okay, we need you for this piece, and you need to be banging out work at all times just to make ends meet, kind of. So it's just like such a it's really difficult. Like, I hate to say it, because I, mean, I have homies that are graphic designers, and I fucking love their work. And like I said, I want to be a graphic designer. But art is kind of one of those things that is really, you, it really kind of just floats around. Like, you, you really have to get lucky to get a career in art that's, like, really, really high paying. Or just be the best, the best at what you do. Like, you know, and it's it's completely possible to do. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, when you're younger, it's like, I want to make, make a logo for, you know, Slipknot. It's like, okay, well, maybe I could work on a Slipknot logo for, like, a day straight. They don't like it. I rework it again, and then they pay me, like, a hundred bucks for it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's just shit. Yeah. And how did you find your early music? What were you listening to? Was it called, like, Lime Wax or something, or...? Oh, yeah, I love Lime Wax. Um, so, yeah, I was into drum and bass before um, dubstep was, like, a thing. I was, I'm actually into metal more than anything. And, were like, you in metal bands? Yeah, I played in a metal band. I played guitar. Um, but that was like ages ago. We didn't really do much. We played like a couple shows. It was never anything that really like went anywhere. Good times in the old metal band. <laughs> I would love to write metal again. It's just I don't have time. Yeah. You never have time to do anything you want to do. <laughs> so how old were you when you first started producing? Um, well, I, like, so I started really like getting into production with the metal band because I like recorded and, and tracked and produced all our own stuff. Um, so that's how I learned how to like engineer. Then I had this phase in my life where I wanted to be an audio engineer. Like I wanted to literally just record bands and make them sound good. And I was obsessed with producers like Joey Sturgis who were taking bands like Devil Wears Prada and We Came As Romans and like making them sound so fucking good. And I mean like, <laughs> like some of these bands, you'd see them live and they would sound like absolute dog shit. Cause like the, it was all just done, you know, through the computer to make it sound so good. And I thought that was like incredible, you know, how good he could make these records sound. So I had that whole phase where all I wanted to learn was audio engineering. And then um, when I went to college, I was listening to a lot of drum and bass. And one of my friends that I met in college that ended up being one of my good friends throughout college uh, was really into like electronic stuff. So I was like, oh, I know drum and bass. I don't really know too much else about it. He showed me like Dead Mouse and just stuff that like, you know, I like it all. It's all really good. It's not stuff that ended up becoming my favorite stuff, but it just introduced me to like a whole new... Um, you know, I wasn't really into electronic music, minus drum and bass. So, me and him were just listening to like a ton of electronic music. Like, uh, we were just on online radio stations, random fucking radio stations that you never heard of. And uh, one day we found dubstep, and I was like shitting my pants over it. Um, I mean, I still feel the same way about it. It's crazy. It was like, it was like the music I always wanted to hear, like in electronic music, but just never existed. And now here it was. I remember, I feel, I used to feel like it was like. I had it in my head like all along but I just didn't know what it was and then it just kind of like it was there there it was <laughs> this is that thing I've always looked for I love that. <laughs> and then I did like I didn't it, you know this is it all happened so slow because I was still in college and I was like obsessed with dubstep and I mean like I, I like I, I'm not obsessed with it anymore and now it's just kind of my career I love it but I was like obsessed with it like I was one of those kids that like <laughs> for lack of a better word I love my fans but like, it, like you know, once in a while you get one that's just like, yo, know, the most extra motherfucker in the world. That was me. That would have been me. Like I would have, if I could have come up to my as my young self, and I would be like, fuck off, kid. Like you're really annoying. Like I, I was obsessed with it. And I was like DJing college parties, 
on like a fucking little piece of shit MIDI controller, like the worst thing you could ever get with Virtual DJ, and no headphones and just like using the sync button. And I thought it was like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I remember I literally thought it was so cool. Like, I'm a DJ now. I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing freaking house parties for like a bunch of drunk people. They don't even know what the hell they're listening to. And like half of them hate it and half of them like it because it's dubstep, you know, and like they want. But it was fun. It was like this fun time. And like, you know, I, I feel like I was just like, I thought it was so cool. But I never, I was never making it. I was never making music. Like I never like produced synths. Like I'd never like, you know, used massive or anything like that. I just knew how to like, you know, do audio audio engineering stuff. And uh, it was until, like three years later that I even like actually made anything. <laughs> because I was still in college and it was like, the whole, the whole thing was just like, man, I, you know, I want to be an artist still. Like, oh my God, it would be awesome if I could be a dubstep DJ. But it was never like even a thing that I never like could have ever fathomed. I'm telling you, like I didn't believe it for a second. Like there was never a part of me that was like, I can do this. I could be a DJ. It was just like, ha, that's a funny dream. Like I'd watch a video of Roscoe and be like, check that guy out. Like, oh my God, like he has the best life ever. Like I, I wish I could do that, but I could never do that. Like I'll never be able to be a DJ. I don't know why. And I, I'm telling you, like I knew this. Like I was, I, there was no, there was no thought in my mind. I was just like, it's not never gonna be a thing. And then. Like, when I dropped out of school, I went home, and I was, like, lost, a lost soul for, like, a year or two. Like, you know, I'm back home with my parents. I dropped out of school. I failed them. Um, and now, now what? Now what the hell do I do? I, I'm working some shitty jobs at restaurants, you know? Like, I'm 20 fucking four, 25 years old now, like, whatever. I'm just like, well, this is it. I dropped out of school. I'm fucked. Like, I'm never going to be able to do, have a cool life. I, and I just literally like thought that for sure, and then I just started writing dubstep on the side, and I don't know, like it was never supposed to be. I never like was like, here's a song, this is gonna be the one. I just kind of wrote music, and I just wrote a lot of music, and then when some of it got good enough that I thought I could show people, I put it out there, and I knew some people from communities online. Some of them that ended up being some of my best friends till today. Some of them I work with. My fucking manager is like one of my best friends. I've been I've known him for like six years. Like since way before we were working together, just because of the internet. How did you get your early stuff out there? Like was it uh, well, vlogs it just, or YouTube it, channels? It was just like, I think, I think we're all on AIM. AIM and Skype and shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I, I put it on SoundCloud. It was all just on SoundCloud. And uh, I think I just got to like the right people. Like there were people that I were friends with that was friends with that like, you know, really liked dubstep, but like it was rare. But just enough people that somebody posted it to the right person and it kind of just like trickled up. It was just like, you know, one small guy heard it, gave it to a little bigger guy who gave it to, you know, whoever. And it just eventually got to like Getter and 12th Planet and Protohype and uh, all those guys. And eventually they got it to Skrillex. And then there was like this period of like, Wait, what year ago? Oh, like what year was this when this? This was happened? like five years ago now. Okay. I mean, there's like five years, but um, yeah, there was like this crazy period of just like shock and wonder where everything was just happening. I feel like this. I see it happen to the newer guys now, and it's like it warms my heart. It also makes me sad because it makes me miss it. Because like you have that period of just like, holy shit! Like how is this happening? I'm in LA now. Like oh, twelfth planet just flew me to LA. Like holy shit, I'm hanging out with this dude. Like, I'm hanging out with X and X and X and X. I never thought I'd even talk to any of these guys. And they're all, like, you know, being nice to me. And then everything's fucking crazy. Like, life is, like, this big, crazy adventure. <laughs> and, then, and then after, like, a couple of years of doing it, it turns more into, like, a... Okay, so, like, it, it turns more into, like, a big mind fuck. Like, so now what do I need to do to keep going? What do I need mm. to do to, like, you know, make keep myself... Keep staying relevant, too. Yeah, it's, it's staying relevant. It's the craziest shit, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't think I ever really 
felt the uh, the pain of like uh, how do I say this? Hey, little pupper, pupper McDougal. <laughs> I think this was the first year that I really um, felt the pain of of not feeling of feeling like I wasn't as relevant as last year. Um, I feel like this is shit that like no one would actually say, but I don't give a fuck. Like this, this year was just weird. Like it wasn't a bad year. I had some of my best shows ever. I made history and some of my biggest like life goals this year. But there's just some kind of core like you know, and everyone's kind of you feel like everyone's looking at you like you're just like the big deal at the time. Like you know, you're making the best music. And you're just riding that hype train. And like this year kind of felt more like it's like you kept the mold into like where you're at. Like. Like, sorry, do you mind if I smoke? That's okay. Sorry, I should have asked. <laughs> like I said, I've been doing it for five years now. Like, I'm not really a new thing anymore. So what do you do then? Like, do you, you can you can either pioneer the next, like, you know, group of dudes that are killing it, or you start a, or start a label or whatever, or you kind of just coast along and make enough money to stay afloat and you never really, like, have that big surge of happiness again, um, or you just fucking stop playing shows. But... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I would love to just, like, you know, be, be a dictator of, like, what's good to the next, like, you know, the next cycle of of producers and fans, but, like, I still feel like I haven't really gotten to where I want to be with just doublos yet, like, mm. and I'm hoping that next year will be better, because, I mean, I don't know, like, I feel like, you know, people will make it sound like it's some kind of crime to say, like, you had a bad year, but I didn't really have the best year, mm -hmm. but... What would you say have been your like overarching goal? I feel like sometimes I feel like people well <laughs> so I had like a big huge phase of my career where I was like super up my own ass, like which I kinda I really miss. But <laughs> because I'm not anymore. It's weird. I think when you lose it you just kinda I'm fine now, but like I'm more insecure about my career than anything. I'm always trying really hard to like make something I really believe in. And I and all the music I make and I put out is music that I really do believe in. But um I just wanted to like click more. Like, maybe it's not as good as I think it is. I don't know. But like, I just like you know I, I'll put out, I put out quite a decent amount of music this year. Not like a ton, but I think I put out like between six and eight tracks, something like that. Mm. Maybe a few more. And uh, I feel like I'm at this point where like, you know, you put out a track and like you know, and like the tracks come out so fucking slow. They take forever to come out. You know, like you got to wait so long for all these people to all these labels and everything to get everything right. And then the track comes out, and it's like, I feel like every time a track that I've had came out this year, it's kind of just been like, it's out, everyone likes it, the next week, no one cares anymore. Yeah. Like, and I... Yeah, it's, music uh, is this, just consume everything so quickly. Yeah, and it's oversaturated as fucking shit, so now I'm sitting here just trying to figure out what the hell I can make that's gonna be like, wow. Like, you know, not just like, oh, Dublos has made another good track, this is pretty cool, like, what am I gonna do next? Like, you mm -hmm. can't just, you know, Dubstep had a big surge this year. It did really good again, but like, that doesn't mean that it's gonna do as big as it did, you know, this year, next year. So, I don't know. I've, maybe I felt like, uh, maybe I felt before like I was more on the wave. Now I'm not really sure. Like, I'm not really sure what the wave is. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's like the a sound that you're like try, gonna adapt your sound for 2019? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I want to. I don't know what I want to do with my sound. Um, like, I wrote all this music this year that didn't even come out. I mean, like, I have like maybe 20 unreleased songs, and they're all just kind of a bit of everything. But like, <laughs> I wanted to do another album, and when I write, I'm always writing like 
I want to do a little bit of everything and I can make an album out of it so it all has its place, you know, like songs that wouldn't work if they came out as singles, they only work if they come out on the album. Mm -hmm. But you know, now I'm not even trying to do an album anymore. Now, <laughs> like, I, now I have all these songs and I don't know what I want to do with them and a lot of them I just feel like aren't really good enough. Like I, I, maybe they're just not like, maybe they're good, but they're just going to be like another track that comes out and everyone's like, cool, this is awesome. But like none of them are like that track that everyone's going to be playing. I think it's been like a while since I had a track that everyone was playing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like, I don't write music like for other people. I don't write my music like to get played. Like I'm not trying to cater to um, the fucking top tier festival DJs or anything like that. But if I could write something that I really think is fucking awesome and it caters to them, then that would be cool. And yeah. I don't think I've done that. Uh, that much this year <laughs> but I mean my brain never stops running on ideas sometimes it's almost just like overkill actually going back how did you meet the like disciple um it was just online actually um they had reached out to to do some work and uh like a little bit of work kind of just turned into like joining the label like uh you know I started with the one EP and then they they actually like were the reason that I got out to LA so I'm really grateful for that oh wow um because uh, Ross, the dude who owns the label, mm -hmm. um, he basically like hit me up and said that uh, Barely Alive and Spock were moving into a new place and they needed a third roommate to like complete the house and afford the rent. Yeah. So um, yeah, I kind of just got on a plane and went. I mean, like it was a good, it was a good point to be at. Like I felt like everything was like in the right place at the time. Like I had the money. I just like had started making enough money to really be able to afford it like and not freak out and uh my parents were like super proud of me <laughs> yeah so they were like go you know just get out there um and yeah like all those guys were fucking like you know my best homies did you know them before like barely alive no i met him in new york city i think that was the first time at one of their shows because i can't i went out i was still living in jersey and i went out to you know show my face and introduce myself to all those guys but yeah there was no prior like I wasn't like friends with any of them beforehand yeah. or anything like that. How long did that house last? Like two years. Oh, that sounds like a crazy house. I kind of like wish I did like a house It was tour. a crazy house. Those were good times. My life is like so not like that anymore. It's like, uh, cause I mean like we'd all just moved to LA and you're like so thirsty for like everything when you first move out to LA. Like all you want to do is go out um, every night and network and meet people and meet girls. And I mean like, I think we were all single at the time. Like just, it was just like one big party. You know, and we had our big party house, and who the fuck cares what happens to the house? Like, I have my own place, I don't really have too many people at my place because I keep it really clean and I really care about it. You know, I go out when I have to go out or when one of my good friends is playing or something like that. Mm -hmm. Everything is kind of just like mellowed down like times a million. <laughs> and it's weird because you don't really think about it until you like stop to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all just different parts of life. I, I, I really like how my life is right now too, but. Yeah, those times were fucking fun. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind Nitro? Um, fun fact, Nitro is actually like three years old. What? <laughs> yeah, like no joke. It's actually like maybe over three years old. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It was just ha Bass House was like popping when I wrote that song. Like Jaws and uh, Jaws was like the, you know, the, no one had even heard that shit. It was like, holy shit, it's dubstep house put together. And yeah, I wrote Nitro. I actually wrote a bunch of other house tracks that never will see the light of day, probably, that were like, you know, heavier house tracks. And um, maybe I didn't really know, like, 
I wasn't on the, the that level of like musician yet to get them to sound right because the old versions sound like like garbage, literal garbage. Um, but yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what compelled me to go back to it. I think I was just going through old songs this year and I found it and I was like, hey, this might work in today's uh, today's day and age. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not super heavy, but like it's kind of it's bouncy and it's somewhere in between like the night based stuff that I really like and like the heavier house stuff. So. I just finished it up, and uh, it kind of just happened. Like, it was one of those weird things where, like, I, I didn't think people were going to like it. And I played it out a couple times. It was, like, a little rocky at first, and now people have kind of warmed up to the house. But, yeah, just yeah. ended up getting uh, getting some plug from mm-hmm. videos, from live videos. Are you and, uh, something like that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> just dabbed on us. <laughs> and what was the inspiration behind Ghost Gang? Like the group or the song? The song. Uh, well, the, the inspiration for the song came from the group, but because um, I have a group on Facebook called Ghost Gang, which yeah. is like my fans. But um, that song's pretty old too. <laughs> Every, this is what I'm saying. I say everything takes like forever to come out. Um, how about your new? How about the stuff you're working on now, though? Maybe the stuff that I'm working on now will come out in three fucking years. Honestly, it's. I don't know. I would really like to get in some kind of better system of being able to just release the music that I want to release, like, when I want to release it. Which is technically, like, I can do that, because I have my own, like, you know, label imprint that I release, like, you know, Salt and Pepper on. But you'd still rather release it with a bigger label if you get the opportunity to. And you don't want to put it out on your own label, and then somebody bigger is like, fuck, we would have wanted that track. Mm. But uh, that doesn't really answer your question. So anyway, the inspiration for Ghost Gang was... I just wanted to write a heavy dubstep tune. Like, I was writing a lot of different stuff at the time, and that was, like, the only, like, really heavy dubstep song I'd written. And uh, I just wanted to go for, for, like, a straightforward approach. Um, I was kind of inspired off my own remix for Excision that I did, a virus. I was like, I want to write something else like this, but an original, not a remix. So Ghost Gang kind of just came out of all that. And I was, like, opening my sets with it for such a long time that it kind of just got drilled into my brain. So... Eventually, I was like, yeah, this one has to come out. Everyone's heard it a million fucking times. We got to put this one out. <laughs> but yeah, by the time the songs come out, it's like, oh yeah, go sing. Now, now I still got to play this in my sets, but I don't want to play it anymore. So <laughs> now I have to make a VIP of it, I guess. But we'll get to it. It's on the to-do list. What does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? Oh, man. I think love is, um, I think people mistake love for like some kind of uncontrollable, like magical force that mm-hmm. like, you know, overwhelms a person. Um, but I think that love is just like an idea. <laughs> like, it, you, I, it's really just a label, if anything. Well, it, it depends on the kind of love too. Like with family and stuff. Like, in a lot of other, um, in a lot of other like you know cultures and like countries and stuff, they have like different words for love. Like, there's a different word for brotherly love, in opposed to like you know loving your girlfriend or something like that. And I think it kind of makes it more clear. Like, you know, you're raised to like understand the different versions of love in their languages. But as far as America goes, where there's only just one universal word for it, I really just think it's like a like an idea. Like you, you just decide when you're in love. It's, it's not like uh, some fairy dust like flies into your heart and you you are now possessed and you are in love. Like, and I'm not saying it's, it's not like a bad thing. Like you know, it, love is a great fucking thing. But you know, when people think like people say things like they fell in love at first sight. And that's where I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me because, like, that, like to me, that person has just 
decided they're in love that day. Like, you know, and, and once you say it in your head, like you say, you know, when you're a kid and you, you decide that you're in love with a girl, it's in your head. You're just like, you just think to yourself, like, I'm in love with her. And then, like, you can't stop thinking it. Yeah. After. You've decided in your own brain, you've established to your own mentality that you're in love now. So now this is how you get things like people falling in love with people who don't love them back. And you just sit there like, how can you love someone who you've never even like kissed? Like you're saying you love this person. Like you, you're in love with this girl who doesn't give a shit about you. You need to take a lot of time to learn um, the things about the person that you're gonna date. Because a relationship is like a ton of work and people don't take it seriously. <laughs> you're really giving half of your life to that person. Anything that goes wrong in their life becomes your problem and vice versa. Um, so yeah, like, you know, you really wanna make sure that the person that you choose to be your significant other, like, is someone that's really going to benefit your life um, in pretty much every way. Like, obviously, you're going to have some problems, but, like, you know, it's not just like a, a uh, like, you know, people are just, like, in love after, like, a, a week. It's just like, and then they don't, then they realize that, you know, it wasn't really a good match. I don't know. It's just, like, just, if we could just remove the identity of, like, love, I think people would save themselves, like, a lot of Mm. A lot of problems, <laughs> like, yeah. a lot, like a lot of like, you know, mental manifestations that they go through and, um, you know, we could all just chill the fuck out. But <laughs> there'd be a lot less, you know, just general pain for humans. I guess yeah. the coolest response I've had to that question so far. <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, yeah. You I think I, a lot. <laughs> I do. My brain is fucking crazy. <laughs> if you ask me more personal questions, you'll get like crazier answers probably. <laughs> Last question. What do I to be remembered for? This is a really tough question, actually. Um, trying to like, half of me wants to think of some really cheesy, like, stupid joke answer. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I just want to, like, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I can say that I changed people's lives in some way. Like, mm -hmm. I've definitely positively affected. Like, that's the most that I can ask for in today's day and age because the world is completely fucked. Um, like, I think more than ever, people will, like, you know, debate, but. You know, I just think things are really bad for humanity right now and people's like general emotions, like, you know, including my own. I feel like everyone's really, really struggled this year. Like, you know, people that, even people that had like the best lives ever, like have just struggled to, to uh, you know, feel like they belong on this planet and just everything that we see and all this, you know, negative shit. And uh, I mean, I'm glad I can just give back a little bit of happiness to the world through mm. my music and my art like because I love doing it and, and it makes people happy but I mean I want to make more people happy like I want the numbers to be bigger I want to play bigger shows because I want to do it for them I don't want to do it for a bigger paycheck like it's just like when you write something you really care about and you want to share it with you know people that you want to care about it as much as you do you want it to be like huge fucking numbers so I feel like I could just keep doing what I'm doing like my art and my music will like live on but I would really just like it to leave an impact in like a much greater scale of people and right now I have not touched the, I, like I, that number just needs to yeah <laughs> I need to get more people to listen um, I'm trying to figure out how to do that just out here trying to figure out how to get you know more people to believe in my own music as much as I do because that's like one thing that's for sure like I really believe in my own stuff like I'm really proud of all the music I make uh, even when it doesn't do well, I'm never like, oh man, this is trash. But I would like to be able to do something to make other people think the same mm -hmm. a little bit more.
Yeah, I love this. This is awesome. Like, I feel like people learned a lot and great insight to stuff. Hopefully, hopefully so. Really honest. I feel like I'm uh, kind of just drifting in some kind of mental limbo a lot of the time. But, you know. I think that's what people love, like to really get inside your head and see what you think about. So this is perfect. Yeah, great. I'm glad I had an opportunity to uh, share some of my, my strange uh, thoughts with you guys. <laughs>